Halleluja! Worship team is going to be back in a little bit. We begin by reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you'd like to turn there, I don't have this on a PowerPoint. So uh, if you got your word, turn with me on your pad, your phone, or if you've got the printed copy, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. And I really want to focus on this first verse. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. You're reading the headlines, but what does it mean for you? He continues, for ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, and labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. I hear over and over and over and over and over and over from preachers as well as from believers in the chairs. Oh, we've heard that all our life. Jesus is coming. And they stay focused on the things of the world. And they think they're safe. I got my fire insurance. I'm good. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You're all sons of light and sons of day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Why do you think Jesus gave the parable of the ten virgins? Recorded in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25. Five were wise, five were foolish. What was the difference between the wise and the foolish? Preparation. Preparation. Alertness. We'll keep going. I'm still in the introduction, guys. This isn't the sermon. (laughs) Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. The headlines are telling you more than you know. Here are what some of the headlines are just this last week. Go ahead and show them. Turkey invades Syria and attacks the Kurdish people. How many have seen those headlines? You kind of got to be deaf and dumb and dead to not have heard something about it. But what does that mean? Well, here's what some of the commentators have said it's all about. Turkey will commit genocide on the Kurds. Turkey and Syria fight over oil fields. U.S. abandons the Kurdish fighters. That's where all the focus is about, right there. 
Is there a deeper issue taking place? Oh, yeah, there is. Remember, folks, whatever you see on the alphabet news, including FOX, they have an agenda, and they want to keep you in as much shadow as they possibly can. They're not in the spreading of truth. They have an agenda. And if you're going to get the deeper agenda, you have to go two places. You have to get in the Word of God, and you have to look for those who may be a prophetic voice in this generation. <clears throat> I find it really, really curious that two of the most powerful prophetic voices in this generation are Jewish, Messianic Jews. I find that really curious. What do you suppose God is saying? Well, if you study the scripture carefully, we know that leading up into the last seven years, there is a turning to the Jewish people, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. Those that had been blinded for millennia, suddenly their eyes are opening and they're seeing Messiah. Wow. Well, let's look at a little bit of the deeper issue. I want to show it to you on a map. Okay? So here's Turkey in the north. Here's Syria. Here's Lebanon. Mediterranean's over here. Here's Israel. Excuse me, this is Lebanon. I said over here. That's, that's actually Cyprus. Here is Lebanon right here. Okay, little tiny place. Syria. Jordan, Iraq, Israel. Right here is the Dead Sea. Right up here, a little teeny tiny, you probably can't see it, but right where that dot is at, that's the Sea of Galilee. Which means, if this is the Sea of Galilee, here's the Golan Heights right there. Now, why is that important? The war that's going on right now between Turkey and the Kurds is happening right up approximately in this area, okay? That's where it's going on. Now, what's something you need to know about the Kurds? Historically, the Kurds were Christian and Jew. That was who they were historically. Under the Ottoman Empire, they began to convert to Islam because Christians were being martyred by the hundreds and thousands. Today, probably somewhere in the area of around 40 to 50% of the Kurds are still Christian. I'm not saying they're all born again, but they're of Christian background, Christian faith. And so, yeah, there's a very, there's a very likelihood that under what's going on up here, that there's going to be a genocide of the Kurds and of the Christians. But what led to this? Historically, Turkey has been an ally of the U.S. and a member of NATO. But some time ago, the president of Turkey kind of thumbed his nose at NATO 
And instead of going to a meeting there, he went to a meeting with Putin and with the president of Iran and signed an agreement with Russia and Iran regarding Syria. But previous to that, this president had signed an agreement with the PLO. Now, what is all of that pointing to? Well, that means that Turkey has aligned itself with Russia, with Iran and the Republican army, and with Hezbollah and Hamas. And when he signed an agreement with the PLO, that's an alignment with, again, with Hezbollah and Hamas. Now watch this. So some time ago, the Republican army and Hezbollah formed a front against Israel right here on the Israel-Lebanon border. And they have been fighting. But most recently, and this came out in the uh, Wall Street Journal this morning, a huge article this morning on a second front that has been formed by the Republican army and Hezbollah in Syria at the Golan Heights, right here. Major forces. And at this point, it looks like the number of forces with the Republican army and Hamas and some of the Syrian standard army is larger than the force of Israel at this point on the Golan Heights. But something very curious. There have been some other nations sending military forces to strengthen Israel's army on the border of Lebanon and Syria. So then you got to ask yourself a question. If Russia and Iran and Turkey sign an agreement and they're battling up here, is this... I know they're fighting over oil fields and da-da-da-da as we saw in the headlines, but is this a distraction from what's going on down here? You, You haven't heard that. You won't see that anywhere except in Scripture. Except in Scripture. Go with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm against you, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and lead you out with all your armies, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed 
a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops, the house of Tagarma from the far north and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. Now, what's going on here? Well, let me show you a list of who this is talking about. Okay. Gog, Magog, Meshach, Tubal. It's all a description of Russia. Okay. I'm not going to go into the historical and how it goes back to that, even, even in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to go into that, but it's Russia. Persia, that's Iran. Okay, they called themselves Persians for centuries before they became Iran. And there are still probably half the population in Iran call themselves Persian to this day. Ethiopia. Ethiopia has been Ethiopia all down through the centuries. Okay. Put, that's Libya. Gomer, that's Germany. The house of Tagarma. The house of Tagarma refers to those who migrated out of what we know today as Turkey up around the Black Sea and into Armenia, Ukraine, Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia, Macedonia, okay, Kosovo, that whole area. That is who is being referred to by the house of Tagarma. But look at verse 8. Look with me at verse 8 because this gives us a really huge clue. After many days you'll be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel which had long been desolate they were brought out of the nations, and so now all of them dwell safely. What's he talking about? In the last days, when Israel has become a nation again, with the battle of Armageddon. No, no, no. The battle of Armageddon happens at the ends of the seven years of great tribulation. Seven years before that, there's a battle called the battle of Hamangog. It's described for us in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's what this is talking about. The setting up of this alliance for the battle of Hamangog that is going to pave the way for the rise of the Antichrist also. And the seven-year peace pact that he makes with Israel. And look at what's going on right now. So you've got this alliance. Now, would you please go back to the map for me? Now, so what do you have happening here? You have up here, you've got this alliance of Russia, Turkey, and Iran. What's going on down here? You've got this alliance, again, of Russia, Iran, and Turkey, Hezbollah, Hamas, aligned with Lebanon, aligned with the PLO over here. And you know, there's something very curious. You might want to go back and read it. In the Minor Prophets, God talks about how he is going to bring judgment upon Gaza 
and tear down her wall. And you go, wait a minute. Gaza never had a wall. Oh, yes, they do now. Oh, yeah, there's a wall now. Right? Isn't it curious? You see, God, God is talking about, in times we're talking about the fact that we have one of the major alliances lining up right now, leading towards the last seven years of history as mankind is going to know it. The seven years that the last three and a half years is called Jacob's trouble. Great tribulation as the earth has never seen in its history. And we're seeing an aligning and a setting up of that. That's the deeper thing of what's going on. No one's talking about it. But that's what's going on. So what does all this mean for you? Why would your pastor even, even talk about this with you? I mean, pastor, we get this news all the time. We listen to comedy. How come we got to come here on Sunday morning and listen to you talk about it? Because Almighty God is trying to shout right now to his church. Amen. Awaken, oh sleeper! Awaken! Do you see what's going on? But we're so caught up with what's going on in, 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 in pleasing ourselves with the world and, and we're not really alert to what is going on spiritually. Right now, we are living in the most momentous time since the beginning of man. Since the Garden of Eden, there has not been a time in history like what's going on right now, right this moment. Yes. Folks, listen. When Israel became a nation again in May of 1948, that was a huge shout out from heaven. Mm -hmm. yep. We're going into the last days. Then... When our current president recognized Jerusalem as the eternal capital of Israel, that was another fulfillment of prophecy. Setting up the last days. And it's not a coincidence that, that the whole fact that now on on. Official U.S. maps, Golan Heights is recognized as a part of Israel. It is because there is this aligning, this aligning. And what do we have happening? We're having this alignment that is leading up to this battle. And, and all the rest of what's going on, whether we're talking about the UN, whether we're talking about the world economy, whether we're talking about what's going on on our southern border, whether we're talking about, and I don't have time to go into all this, but every single one of these things is talked about in Scripture and points to the last days. And so here's the big question. Are you living prepared for the last days? 
Lord, are you so caught up with the world and what's going on with the world? And is your focus more there? And you're just kind of, well, yeah, I come to church on Sunday. And, you know, I get here two or three times a month. And, you know, and, and I, but, you know, but after I got these other things, Pastor, folks, I want to tell you something. It is high time that the Christians started looking at their life and said, I've got to start trimming back some things because I am misfocused. I'm going to set my mind on things above and not on things of the earth. I've got to set my affections on things in heaven and stop being in love with the things of the earth. I'm going to start walking in the might and power of the Holy Spirit and stop living in the flesh. It's time. Because I am telling you, we are living at 11.59 and 59 seconds. When's Jesus coming? I don't know. What day is he coming? I don't know. What hour is he coming? I don't know. When is Jesus coming? Really, 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 really soon. And I've had people say this to me. Well, if Jesus comes, I'll give my heart to him and walk with him in the great tribulation. Liar. You are deceived. You will not. You will not. If you, can't, if you can't live for him now, what in the world would make you think you could serve him when to live for Jesus then pretty much means give your whole, you know, like go to the guillotine? Only they don't use guillotines anymore. They use these swords. Yeah. You say, oh, that's okay. Folks, have, have, you, have you read what's going on in the Middle East? Yeah. Have you read what's going on in places like Indonesia and other places? Folks, listen, it's real. It's real. It's only, it's only the Western church that lives in this deceptive bubble that thinks you can live with one foot in the world and one foot in church and kind of halfway walk with Jesus and still have your fire insurance and go to heaven. It's that, that, that only works in the Western church. It doesn't work anywhere else in the world because anywhere else in the world they know when I give my life to Jesus, it's 100%. Because it costs me everything to give my life to Jesus. First time I went behind the Iron Curtain, I went to the home of a Messianic Jewish couple that were strong in Christ. As I was sitting at the table, I listened to her share how that her and her husband together When they added together, the two of them, 
They had spent well over 20 years in the gulag in Siberia. For one thing, they transported literature from Finland into the Soviet Union, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That night as I had coffee at her table, listening to their stories, I thought, man, I'm not even worthy to sit at this table. And that night, her husband was on his way back from Finland with another carload of Christian literature. And and he had already spent that amount of time in the gulag. That was just one of many that I talked with that lived in that kind of sacrifice. And today, we've got men and women that are giving their lives because of one reason. They serve Jesus. Amen. I want to ask you a serious question. Are you serving Jesus Christ with all your heart? Or are you half-hearted, lukewarm, got one foot in heaven and one foot in the world. And well, I, I got, you know, I've asked Jesus into my heart and yeah, well, I, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you that question. I'm asking you this question. If Jesus returns right this moment, What are you going to have to explain to him about why you're not serving him 100%? Why you're still so in love with the world? Pastor, you're making it really hard. Yeah, I know. You know why it's really, really hard? Because this is the gospel and this is the word of God and not a Western softened gospel and word of God. But we're living so close to the second coming of Jesus. Folks, we can't can't afford to continue preaching a half-hearted gospel. We've got to sell out to Jesus. We've got to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we've got to live a holy life. The scripture means it seriously when he says, if you're sexually immoral, if you're living in drunkenness, if you're living in love with the world and you're pleasing yourself with the world, that Jesus meant it when he said, there's going to come a day and there's going to be those who said to me, hey, we, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. Man, Jesus, yeah, where? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you, lawless one. And the word there for lawless one simply means someone who was saying it with their mouth, but their heart was far from him. They were saying it with their mouth, but their heart was far from him. And he said, I never knew you. Depart from me. So I want to ask you a question. You said it with your mouth, but where is your heart?
Would you stand with me, please? I want to get really, really serious. Really serious. And whether you're on this platform, playing an instrument and singing, or whether you're in the audience, I want you to respond. If there is anything between you and Jesus right now, if you cannot say with absolute certainty, I know that my life is 100% sold out to him, you need to be in this altar praying. And I'm not going to have elders and deacons come up and pray for you. I want you to get in this altar and deal with you and God. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. It can't be Jesus and. It can't be I'm, I'm walking with Jesus, and, but you know, well, I got, no, no, no. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. If your heart's being convicted right now, you need to respond.